This is The Culture. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Wave Podcast. We are here with some more Marvel content. We are going to discuss in spoilery detail the whole entire series that is Echo, the newest show on Marvel from Marvel that is on Disney Plus as well as on Hulu. I am one of your hosts. My name is Darian Scalamoni. I am joined by my Marvel buddy, Michael Peniston. Hello, everybody. Happy to be back. And last time we talked Marvel specifically, mm. we had a very lengthy conversation with my buddy PJ about what was to come next. And we have our answer. What <laughs> yeah. came next is a mini series called Echo, which is revolving around the character um, played by Alakwa Cox, who originally portrays the character in Hawkeye for the first time, uh, which I think came out like two years ago now, like 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's start with really quick when th- this news dropped years ago that they were going to make this show. And I felt like a lot of people were like, why are why are we getting this show? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel when you first heard about the show? And after seeing it, do you feel similarly? <laughs> so, yeah, I remember when they announced it. I um I fully did not know what it was. I had to do some research. Um, at the time, I was one of the people that hadn't seen um, any of the Netflix shows that were involving, you know, um, Kingpin or, or a lot of those characters. I knew about it. Um, I am still, unfortunately, one of those people. I'll so crazy. <laughs> no, we got, we'll yes. get into that. Yes. But um, but at the time, I knew it was coming from a place that I just didn't know a lot about, but other people did. So I could see a little bit of the excitement and understand it, knowing that the Netflix shows were as good as they were. But I also knew that because I didn't know too much about it, that also meant a lot too like it was weird that they were making a show fully based on a character that probably most people don't know anything about and also you question how important she is to everything going on right now yes granted this was at that time so i mean like you know did you watch hawkeye i did watch hawkeye okay what did you think of hawkeye like quickly and then what did you think of her role in hawkeye um i actually enjoyed hawkeye i did um i thought that her role was um not that it was bad it was definitely something where it was like again who is this but like okay um you know like it was it was she served her purpose um i thought it was weird that they kind of had that sort of initial moment between her and kingpin and like um not fully knowing her bad story that's where i can appreciate um echo um but i i liked hawkeye echo um it didn't really after watching it still didn't really like sit with me like okay like it wasn't a bad watch at all at all you know i i enjoyed certain parts of it but it just kind of fell in that sort of meh like we were saying before category with marvel's that marvel's been having you know that's been on a run with um and um again there's nothing really like bad to say about it 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 just it felt it fit that and so it, it held true to my thoughts back then um, I still kind of question like why we have it. Um, I do kind of know why we have it, and those points I'll kind of address later on in the yeah. discussion. But that's how I thought about it. So I I agree with a lot of what you said. I think that I think the show is fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's as high as my praise I feel like can go with it as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think there are moments within the series that are really great standout moments, but I do think that so much of it falls under the category of forgettable, mm-hmm. where it's just stuff where it's like. It's not going to play a major role going forward. Like you said, it's building up to understanding more of her ancestry and where she comes from and the indigenous culture. But 
there's a lot <clears throat> here that I felt like with certain things that Marvel's been doing with their shows, I felt like they make mistakes in terms of the writing or the way that the finales have gone. Like Moon Knight is the example we bring up a lot where it's like felt like they were trending in the right direction all the way until the finale and then they just completely shit the bed. Mm. With Echo, this was a story that I thought it was fine as a series. I think there's a really good two-hour movie in here. And that's what worries me because it's like, again, I don't know if Marvel is – is in a place where they're just messing with trying to figure out how they want to tell their stories. And they're not entirely sure mm -hmm. because there were also reshoots for this show. And just that word is getting very concerning to me <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to Marvel because every project. And, and the thing <laughs> is, first of all, like as uh, we're not in the industry, but I've, I've heard from people that are, or were industry professionals, like reshoots are not, a discouraging thing like they happen on pretty much every movie mm -hmm. unless you have a perfect movie on the first time go around mm -hmm. or you have like a mini indie or something like that but with big budget things like that you're used to getting reshoots but the issue is that so many of the reshoots that it sounds like marvel's going through mm -hmm. is that they're like heavy in like story and they're changing set locations and they're changing the way that the whole entire story is playing in the end and there are moments within this show where it seems like they decided to shoehorn things in that for better or worse might be good for the show. But then at the same time, it's like, where is the confidence coming from as people who are within Marvel at this point? So there's a lot to discuss with the show. I feel like we should just kind of dive in because there's, I mean, it's still, it's five hours of content that we get pretty much I mean a little less than that, but I don't know. I, I thought that it would have worked better as, as a movie. Um, and the first episode in general, we had talked off camera, like, basically starts as like a rehash of what happened in Hawkeye for the most part, like half of the first episode. Um, so I will warn the people who, if you guys haven't watched Echo at this point, I mean, it's been out now for like three weeks. So <laughs> here's another warning for you. If you haven't watched it. Uh, come back and, and rewatch our conversation after you guys watch the series. Cause we're going to spoil a lot. Um, let's start with the fact that this show is TVMA. This goes in a different direction. I know you haven't watched uh, or you haven't watched a lot of what came before on Netflix and a lot of those Netflix Marvel series that uh, Ike Perlmutter sort of head headlined. Um, a lot of those shows were TVMA and they were brutal and they were gritty and it was a different taste for people. Now, not all of them worked. Iron Fist, I never got around to watching. I heard it was really not good. Mm. Um, I'm I never watched all of Luke Cage. I didn't watch all of Jessica Jones. I did watch all of Daredevil and I saw the first season of Punisher, but there are moments within that universe that was separate that now they're trying to bring within Marvel and you see it in the show. But what did you think of the TVMA rating and do you think it played into it enough or were you happy to sort of see that gritty tone and approach with, with echo? Um, I, I remember when they announced that this would be a TVMA um, production. I um, was really excited about it um, just because for a, a number of reasons, you know, um, I know that Marvel has hasn't that's an area that Marvel hasn't really showcased in that they could be. Um, um, and so I was excited to kind of see that also knowing that Deadpool 3 is coming up soon. I know that they need to start to move in like a raunchy sort of gory to a degree yeah. area. Um, and I thought that maybe this would be a, the perfect sort of test phase to introduce it. 
Um, but after watching it, I feel like it wasn't a TVM <laughs> show. Like I felt like it, like maybe like there were two or three moments that I could see that fit that, but it, it's almost like they did that intentionally. Like they said, you know what? We're going to have three just brutal moments and then we have a TV MA show. And no, it didn't. It felt like everything else. It felt just like um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier to me in areas. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, I, and that's another part of it where it's like, I wonder if those moments were not in the show previously. Mm -hmm. And then they did the reshoots and they're like, all right, if we do these three fights mm -hmm. or the way that they sort of portray them in the more brutal ways, does that justify us giving it a tvma and then starting to work it within this street level mcu that so many people are clamoring for because even daredevil born again which originally they were like you were completely rebooting they're like we're gonna reboot daredevil and anything that came before it like we're gonna keep charlie cox and we're gonna bring back vincent d'onofrio we're gonna bring back john bernthal but it's not gonna completely connect we're gonna get rid of foggy we're gonna get rid of um karen and now they're they've done away with that. They're bringing them back, and they're reshooting the whole entire new miniseries that was supposed to be Daredevil: Born Again. So the lack of direction is, I think, very troubling. And in terms of the TVMA, like, yeah, there are moments. I mean, you get the moment where Kingpin beats the shit out of the street vendor, mm. and that's pretty brutal. I thought the the one the one um, scene where uh, the guy who works at the roller rink gets shot and he dies. That was like. That was brutal in any sense. Like, I was like, wow, for Marvel, that's like the dude's like spitting out blood out of his fucking mouth. It's mm -hmm. like I was like, damn, it was like brutal. But it definitely I agree with you. It doesn't happen enough within the show for me to like sit here and be like, oh, that's that, there's a lot of justification in terms of them doing that. Like, I get it. There's certain things you can't show. And that's why it gets the rating that it does. Mm -hmm. But it, it it falls under the category of like they're trying to go like Netflix light. I feel like, and they're not trying to like, they're trying to hold on to it. So I can still like Disney's in a weird place. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. It's like, uh, I understand that you're the house of the mouse, but at the same time, it's like at, at some point it's a business and you already have all these TVMA shows on there, like make a gritty show for a different audience. And I think that that's the direction they need to go in. They need to start separating. And I think they tried to do that with this. And they didn't exactly hit it right on the mark. Mm. How do you feel? Yeah, no, I definitely think um, exactly that. I think that they tried to go for that and it, it 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 just didn't hit it on the mark at all. I felt like, if anything, Marvel um, is just kind of like, it's kind of not only just, not even just because of, of the mouse and Disney, you know, it's honestly, Marvel itself to a degree has built like this sort of family image movie like where it's like you'll have like your few dark jokes in a in a movie but for the most part these are family movies and so it's like that alone is like kind of like a weird kind of boat to have to now transition out of um but then to know that also you're falling underneath that disney boat like that again now adds like a whole other intensity and so i definitely think that again they fell um it fell through with with this project um, I don't think that this was as as hard gritty as it could get. Um, we've seen we've seen a, a lot hard, grittier um, in the past, and so I definitely think that this is still falling underneath that family friendly um, boat. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, yeah, yeah we'll see. Let, let's start. Let's start with the things that we liked about the show. Mm -hmm. um, my first question is: Do you, have you have you seen Miss Marvel before? 
Yes. You've watched Miss yes. Marvel. I've okay. Marvel, yes. So the one thing that I did really appreciate about Echo, which I think that Marvel's doing a better job with, is creating these really great character moments with side characters and not making them feel so vanilla, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, like my favorite part of Miss Marvel was the family element. I don't know if you feel similarly, but the way that they were able to, it didn't feel like they shoehorned in the culture. It was like, no, like Aman is is definitely Kamala and she has this great uh, appreciation for her culture and there are things that come with the Pakistani culture with her family and they treat them like people. It's not like just poorly written BS where it's just like, oh, where are you going, Kamala? It's like, no, they have real character moments with one another. This show, my favorite parts were those character moments. I thought that um, the people who play, so uh, Tantu Cardinal plays Chula, her grandmother. I thought she was really great in the show, and she was big. She she had a big role in Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, Scully is uh, Graham Greene, who's been in like the industry for a very long time, Native American actor. Mm-hmm. He plays Chula's ex boyfriend, the guy who runs the shop, mm-hmm. and even Biscuits. I thought like had some nice character moments as like a comedic sort of cousin, and but I was still wondering like in terms of the connection with Maya, like I wanted to see more with Maya and her connection with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think that was something that they did really well was, was sort of breaking it down into more of a character thing uh, instead of having so much of these big set pieces that like, for example, again, it's different because it's a movie, but like the Marvels, so much of that film is like action set piece, action set piece, action set piece. And Marvel being able to create these character moments doesn't happen unless you have this format. So that was something I liked. What was something that you liked from from the series as a whole? Uh, from the series, I'd say one thing I liked was probably I enjoy. I I agree with you. I enjoyed the the, the family element um, to a degree, um, but I think I I think I liked more so. It's, I'm not a lie. It's hard because it's, it's a little hard. <laughs> No, let me not say that. Um, the to me, the best part was was Kingpin in all of this, um, and that relationship. Like, I was really glued to. Honestly, like, I was interested in that first episode. Like, that granted, it was a recap, but when we got to the portion of kind of seeing Mai's background with Kingpin and her dad, I know that's where I was like, really, like, oh snap! Like, this is like, it's it's cool, and I can see how this is playing into previous things. But then we kind of like dwelled away from that. Yeah. Um, a little bit. It wasn't in it as much. Um, but the, for me, that was probably the best part. So I, that's why I definitely agree with you. I wish that we kind of saw a little bit more of those Maya moments personally. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with you too because I think <clears throat> Vincent D'Onofrio is not on the caliber of obviously some of like the Tom Hiddleston's in the MCU and things like that, like in terms of playing a character over a long stretch of time. Mm-hmm. But Vincent D'Onofrio has been playing this character since season one of Daredevil, which let me just check 2015. So he's been playing this character for almost 10 years already. And he does such a good job of playing this character. And with Hawkeye, I thought that they turned him into sort of a joke Mm. and they kind of switched up how they were presenting his character, which worried me. But this, I definitely agree with you. They, they kind of play it a lot more, uh, grounded and a lot more gritty and in a way where you really see the relationship between him and Maya uh, sort of formulate and you see the connection that he has, which again leaves like what happens in the finale is something that I'm like, this is so not 
what he would have done. Like, I don't know why they went in that direction. Um, but I loved in, so like you said, the, a lot of season or a lot of episode one, you start to see things. And even the moment when she's training uh, in the karate studio in mm -hmm. episode one, mm -hmm. that was a deleted scene from Hawkeye. So like that was already filmed. They didn't even mm -hmm. need to do that again. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. that wasn't a reshoot, which is also interesting that Marvel's just recycling things now. But <laughs> the point is like, uh, episode four, which was personally my favorite episode of the whole entire season, which was called Taloa. Um, it opens up with that big scene in the trailer that kind of really sold, started to sell people on the show when he beats the crap out of the snow cone vendor. And mm -hmm. that's a, that's a dark scene. Like mm -hmm. he's, he's got blood all over his suit and he's like, he calls up, uh, his driver and he goes, I need a new jacket because I don't want Maya to see me this way. Um, and then you fast forward to 2021 and you're having that, again, that tender moment, which is so unlike Wilson, where he's having annual Sunday dinners mm -hmm. with Maya. And then you get that split second, like, again, that really visceral other part of his brain where he just kills the interpreter, which I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I don't know if that's like something that, but I agree with you in terms of the communication between the two of them and the scenes that they had mm -hmm. together, uh, whether it's the one where he tries to give her the hammer or it's the one where uh, he comes back to visit her for the first time after she shot him mm -hmm. and they are sitting down at the dinner table. Like that was a great scene. I thought the two of them talking. Mm -hmm. So we say all this to say though, like this is a Marvel series and you do need some good action set pieces so in congruence with that, how did you feel about this, the fight scenes within the show? Were there some that stood out? Did it feel very much the same to you? Because so much of – and again, I know you haven't watched so much of Daredevil. But what stands out – Daredevil is a great show in general. But the fight choreography in Daredevil is what makes it stand apart mm -hmm. from a lot of things that Marvel have done. Because they do these one-take like crazy fight scenes in hallways – and you have like the opening with Punisher in season two of Daredevil, which is crazy. So they're they're known for like their fight choreography. And even like Daredevil has a fight scene with Maya in the first episode. Yeah. So how did you feel about the action in in comparison to more of the story elements that came with the show? Um, I I definitely think that the action um helped the uh the series. Um, there were a lot of cool pieces of action. I'd say a lot of which. I think we're in the, again that first episode. Um, I don't know if it's because it, you know, it was her then battling um, other heroes that we've seen before, mm -hmm. but not even just that because a lot of like the the henchmen that she was fighting off, I guess, um, even camera angle wise, like it was it was really good action, but it still wasn't in it as much as I personally would want it to be for a project involving Kingpin, because when you think of that, you think of a ground level sort of film where you are getting just like i don't know just kind of like gritty really true action sequences like i don't really know how to say that without being exactly too vague but yeah, yeah. like I, I i just knew that again it was like i felt like there could be a little bit more grand like even in the and i, I don't mean i wanted to have jump all the way to the last episode but even like the last episode like there wasn't even really like a final final like fight fight you know yeah. what i'm saying it was just more like like she and there's nothing wrong with this but it was more like she just kind of used the power of culture 
to to defeat her him in the moment um which is again nothing wrong with that at all um but like i don't know you for the way that it was promoted i was expecting there to be a lot more, more action a lot more yeah. yeah and i think that's fair i the one thing <clears throat> i do agree with you it's a little it's a little underwhelming what happens in the final episode the one thing i do like about that is that we're not ending this show on like we're building towards something with this storyline, which I do like. Okay. We're finally going towards something where it feels like so much of what we've seen from Marvel. Like, I mean, we talked about it on, on the long pod, but like we get the ending of Shang-Chi, which makes no sense for so many reasons. And now we haven't heard from them. Yeah. And like we get the Celestial sticking out of the ground at Eternals. And now no one's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like we immediately within the post credit scene of the show, we get an indication of what Wilson has in store next. We know where Maya is ending up and what she's doing. And we know that she already has a connection with Daredevil. We know that she has a connection with Clint because of the interaction that they had within Hawkeye that we see played out again mm-hmm. in this show. So I do like that you have meaningful connections with other characters in this show. And I do like that it's not like some big battle and then it's like, oh, like like what happened in Hawkeye where she just shoots him in the fucking face and then you never see him again. And now he comes back and he's fine, which that's a whole nother thing. And I, we talked about this off camera too. But like there needs to be some sort of explanation soon about what is going on with Wilson Fisk. Because this dude has been beaten to a bloody pulp multiple times by Daredevil. He's been hit by a fucking truck. And he's been shot in the face. And he's completely fine. What's going on? With that, we we need something. We need some sort of answer to understand because there's no indication that this dude is not a human being. And if he's not a human being, then that would really fucking piss me off. <laughs> but I know one of the specul one of the speculative things that I thought about is like maybe he got shot up with some sort of serum. We don't know that yet. But again, the unfortunate thing is like I don't love that Marvel can rely on that. A lot of the time, it's like, oh, that's he just he he got shot up with something, mm. and it's like we, but you don't want that all the time. Yeah, I, I want characters to have meaning. I want characters to have stakes. I want people to die and not come back. If somebody gets shot in the face, he's fucking dead. <laughs> like I, I don't know. And, and but part of that at the same time, it's like I do love Donofrio's portrayal of Kingpin, so I'm not complaining. I like seeing him back. Mm-hmm. And playing more of this version of the character mm-hmm. rather than what we saw in Hawkeye where he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I get that it's comic accurate, but I'm like, dude, I don't want to see more of that. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. So if you guys couldn't already tell, like we're all over the place with the show because the show is kind of all over the place. It is. Um, let's talk about the native aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So so much of the show, the show takes place in Oklahoma mm-hmm. uh, in the Choctaw Nation. And so much of what we come to learn of Maya's ancestry and what gives her these abilities towards the end of the show is we get these flashbacks to different points in time where there there are these ancestral women who uh, have these abilities. And uh, we don't know exactly what they're called. They're all basically Choctaw warriors and they get it from like these spirals. Uh, that which is also interesting because Zach and I were talking about this on True Detective, but spirals are just everywhere now in every show. <laughs> There's spirals in True Detective too. But so they get these, they manifest these powers, and um, it's it's sort of supernatural when you see the or, or origin of where they come from with Chaffa, the first woman that we see. 
Um, but everybody else, it puts you in different points in time, right? We get the the um, the woman named Loak who's playing like that game in Alabama in 1200 AD. And then you get uh, the vintage opening, which I really liked, like the 1800s, like black and white talky. Mm. Like that was cool and different for Marvel. Mm. Um how did you feel about that element of it? Because I didn't like it at first. Like it really, I was like, all right, here we go again. But I did feel like the connection with her and her mother and the immediate family pieced it together a little bit better for me. But then I didn't like how they executed it with the final fight. So I don't know. I'm curious on how you felt about it in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like um, they did a very good job as far as representation um i i definitely feel like um granted i don't know anything about um the specific um the, this the culture um but uh i i definitely feel like they did a cool job bringing that into everything especially how you saw by the end of it like the family dynamic and like um with her grandma like those certain things i don't i thought that was all really cool um i just <laughs> i didn't her and granted maybe this is just me still being a little bit confused by by it um i it didn't impress me <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it didn't impress me um everything as far as um the power side of it i guess you could say mm -hmm. um and how they kind of showcase that part of it mm. i don't know like to be honest i still don't really know what her power is. yeah so like it yeah. it, it isn't really it isn't really explained it's yeah. some sort of energy oh, yeah. that she gets through her ancestors um and i can understand like where you're coming from where it's like hard to even understand really exactly what it is i don't think you do the best job at explaining it yeah um do you know anything of echo from the comics or no i do not okay so the one thing that I did think was interesting mm -hmm. and was innovative and different about what they did with it okay. was that Echo got her name, like her superhero name in the comics because she basically acted like Taskmaster. Like she would be able to echo people's moves. That was like her ability, right? Oh, really? okay. And that's interesting, but we've seen it before. Yeah. And it would add to the element of us sticking more to that gritty and violent side of it. But they go away from that with what they introduce within this Choctaw nation and the ancestry and the heritage with this mystical sort of ability that these women all possess, right? Yeah. Uh, what I did like about it was the conversation she has with um, Chula at the end of the series. I believe it's the end of episode four where they're finally sitting down one-on-one -on -one and she talks about how the abilities of these women through generations are echoing through her. And I thought the symbolism of that was cool. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was different. And it was like, okay, you're not just like, and again, I, I we don't get any, like within Marvel and stuff, it's not like with the exception of Robert Downey or Tony Stark being like, I am Iron Man. Mm -hmm. We don't get moments where he's like, uh, I'm the Hulk. Like that doesn't happen. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's so, and it would have been corny if it was a way in which like, she's like, I'm going to call myself Echo. You know what I mean? Like it would have been stupid. So having it sort of play into that in what felt like an authentic moment of 
an elder statesman within the family discussing it with her granddaughter. I thought that that was a good way. That was good writing. I thought yeah. that was good writing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, yes, the abilities that she possesses, we don't know what happens. And in the final fight with with Wilson, we get that really weird. I, I like that we it, – it's very fucking weird. She basically <laughs> – she's basically held down and she like shoots these guys off of her. And it's not like – it's not energy beams. It's nothing like that. It's just like a push and they're off of her. And then the other two ancestors that are in the room with her that have come from this female lineage also have these abilities. We knew that with Shula. Mm-hmm. But we find that out with Bonnie, who is Devery Jacobs' uh, character who plays Maya's cousin. They also just now possess it. The grandmother uppercuts a fucking security guard. <laughs> and then they run out and that's the end of the scene, which is fine. We don't need a giant – like again, I'm trying to put this in perspective of like us who are Marvel fans who also complain about the fact that like we're getting too many big action set pieces. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they didn't go that route, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that was very weird, and it's not really explained, and it kind of feels CWE. Yes, yes. This this whole thing felt very. <laughs> yeah. So go. All right. So you. I'm coming at it from a place where I've seen like a lot of the Netflix shows. Okay. And this is a TVMA. Yeah. You are a, I think you were like a legitimate fan of, of the Arrowverse. Yeah, right? I was. I remember. So I want you to try to give me some perspective and comparison because I've also heard that online that people are like, it feels very CWE. And I think there are moments of that, but not uh, not all of it. Mm-hmm. But I want your perspective because I don't <laughs> – that moment in particular felt like it to me. So I guess – it is, but yeah. So I was heavy on the CW, early CW, early CW. Everybody, um, I uh, I remember when I watched The Flash the first time it aired, um, and so I can I I know the difference between good CW and extremely bad CW, um, and this kind of falls in like that middle kind of boat where it's leaning more towards the bad CW. Um, CW at a certain point became. It was really good for its story, honestly. It was always really good, and it was especially with like the Flash and Arrow. Um, uh, but eventually, it's like they tried to like do too much with the characters and other focuses, um, and in that, it became so grounded to the point where it felt grounded, dramatic grounded to the point where it felt soap opery. I feel like. Not completely, but we're starting to touch that category with Echo. Um, I, I I think it took me out. Maybe, maybe, granted, maybe this could just be because we're coming, also coming off of Loki. And Loki was like... That's what I mean. We're in this really weird, yeah. really weird territory mm-hmm. of, like, Marvel bipolar. Yeah. Where it's, you get projects like Loki... And you get things like Guardians, mm-hmm. which are so thought-provoking mm-hmm. and are so well done mm-hmm. and are well thought out and are coming from a place of, like, really great writing. Mm-hmm. And then you have something like this, which is, like, kind of falls in the middle. It's like there are moments that it feels like they probably had a writer's room. There are moments where it's like one writer had a really great idea and they were like, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, But it's never fully fleshed out Mm-mm. and it doesn't impact anything else that comes before or after it. Mm-mm. And then you're like, well, that was a really great standalone conversation between Wilson and Maya. But like what comes next? Yeah. And then it doesn't lead to where you think it's going to lead. And there's nothing wrong with subverting expectations. Mm-hmm. But it's more of like 
you're playing tonal checkers. Like you don't know where you're going. And yeah. I, I do agree with you. I, I do think that so much of the show gets us in, in those moments. I mean, even in terms of like Marvel humor recently, like some things get too jokey, like yeah. Thor, love and thunder. And then there are moments like there, I have a couple quotes in here. Um, one of them is like, again, like, I just think this is good writing and this is kind of funny. Like I thought when um, Chula came in uh, and her ex-boyfriend is in the shop and he's like trying to flirt with her in Choctaw and she goes, I'm not here to get my leg humped by some old res doll. <laughs> like I thought that was great. I'm like, that's something that I can totally picture like an old Choctaw woman saying like, get like, what are you doing right now? Like, why are you acting so weird? But then there are moments where, <coughs> excuse me, you get moments where like uh there's like weird comedic beats and it doesn't feel like it's it fits the narrative of, of what they're going for um yeah man i don't I, this show is kind of all over the place and i think that's why this conversation is <laughs> going the way that it is because yeah it's like, like i i haven't really provided a lot of, like, i feel like it's because it didn't provide a lot for me like it was it was again a good watch. It, I don't want to like make it sound like, from my opinion, this was a bad watch. It just again like, and kind of going off of what I was saying before too. It felt too grounded. It was like, like I, I t it started this off by saying I remembered. Um, it started. It, it reminded me of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I thought that I appreciated that show for its groundedness. Like it was very grounded and it felt like, oh, okay, like these are humans, like kind of dealing with this. Obviously you have su super serum and all that stuff, but like there still was that level. This felt like that, but it felt like it was too much. Like it felt like we were watching like, like <laughs> a bunch of Batmans, not, and no hate on Batman, but just like somebody that can, provide power without any real power while also sh like sprinkling also like the ability of power without giving too much detail like that's what that's how i walked away from this whole thing <laughs> it's just like uh, it leaves it leaves you with a lot of like confusing and clashing thoughts to be honest with you yeah um i mean other things just highlighting like things i liked about it i did like the music within the series i thought that a lot of the you might not have and you're giving me a face right now where you're like no i did not like it i thought that the the use of native music not always yeah. now there are moments playing back into the cw thing where there are montages and that's where the music does not work mm. and that is where the show feels very so very soap opera -y. and i don't know if cw does things similar like for my own comparison like i i'm a big fan of sons of anarchy mm. but i know that sons of anarchy gets to a place where they just start throwing montages of biker guys. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, why aren't we building off of the story? And it's like, no, we just want to show a montage of, of, of something happening. They Let's cool, put in some right? music. Yeah. And like Sons of Anarchy, they're like, <laughs> and then this, they're like doing chants, which like fine. Yeah. Whatever. But there are moments that I do think that the music, I think the music separate from where it's placed in context, I think is good. Mm -hmm. Um, Devry Jacobs, I don't know if you ever watched Reservation Dogs. I, uh, that's the FX show, right? Yes, I've seen a little bit of it. Okay, yeah, yeah, same. I watched all of season one. Okay, uh, Devry Jacobs, who plays her cousin Bonnie mm -hmm. in this, mm -hmm. she's a great up and coming young indigenous actor. Mm -hmm. I think that I would like to see more from her. Yeah, and I wish she was in this show more. Mm -hmm. Um, and the connection with her and Maya that seems so solid in that first episode, like 
so like rock like solid between the two cousins that they love each other and you get that emotional connection when Maya gets driven off by her father. You don't get to explore any of that when they finally come into contact with one another and their conversation together is fine. Mm -hmm. But there's no – where's that added layer of emotion? Why don't I feel it between these two actresses? But I felt it between the two kids. Maybe yeah. it's just that I feel for the kids more. I don't know. <laughs> um I, I like I said earlier, I think that this just would have been better as a movie. And I think you could have brought in I think Sydney Freeland does a good job of directing for what she had. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the writing you could have brought in a more polished writer if you're doing this as a film. And even Sterling Harjo, who did reservation dogs. Like, I don't know why he wouldn't want to do this if it was based heavily in his community, yeah. why don't you do that instead of trying to, and I understand they talked with the Choctaw nation. Like I get it, but it leaves so much more left to be desired yeah. at the end of the show. And there's so many things where you don't really know what questions to ask. You don't know where they're going with it. Um, I think that it also falls in the, like to put it in Marvel context, uh, it feels like it's like the in between of like Hawkeye and daredevil. Because it has moments that it's like, oh, this they're trying to be gritty. Mm -hmm. And then it has moments where like Hawkeye, they're trying to – Hawkeye is a show that like it was pitched as they were like, oh, this is going to explore some of the things that happened with Clint after uh, Infinity War. When mm -hmm. he loses his family and he's got to fight to survive. Like that, that glimpse that you get in the beginning of Endgame when you're like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like what the hell happened to this guy? And you get it in moments, but then you have the tracksuit mafia that's played for comedy. And then he has that one moment with Maya, which is good. Like when he says we're similar, you and I. But then you go complete Christmas. You get the Avengers musical. You get silly Kingpin. You get interactions between um, uh, Haley Steinfeld's uh, Vera Farmiga. I can't, I can't think of the name right now, the character. Uh, Kate Bishop. You get Kate Bishop's mother interacting with Wilson. And it doesn't feel as tonally consistent and this show i just felt like i didn't know what they were going for at the end of the day i i think they were trying to introduce us to this character i thought they were trying to pay tribute to what you had talked about earlier on where they're trying to be really authentic in terms of their representation mm -hmm. but as a whole that doesn't get you to an end game of a of a good show yeah it gets you to where i felt like we both ended up at the end of the spectrum which is like it's fine there are mm -hmm. moments that i enjoy there are moments i don't enjoy mm -hmm. and that's not what you want as an audience you yeah. want people to be excited about these characters and these stories going forward and the fact that we're coming away talking about kingpin and daredevil daredevil is in one scene of the show and Kingpin is not in every episode. Mm -hmm. So I think that that kind of puts you in a really weird place. I don't know. Yeah. I try. <laughs> I, a lot I could say to, to everything you just said. Um, first and foremost, starting with the music, because that's what you started with. Um, I enjoyed the chants. I enjoyed that aspect of the score, the music. But the one thing about this show that absolutely pissed me off every episode was when you would have like, the beginning before the intro and then like end on like a cliffhanger sort of beat right before the intro and then you'd have the most like contrasting intro theme music i have ever heard in a marvel project like normally you do have like those little like score type themes like mm -hmm. i immediately think back to loki where you had like ominous sort of like 
score. This it felt like they were like, yo, we're gonna get like this country singer uh, that's like gonna perform at like the CMT awards or something to like pull to our theme. It was like that part of it was like it took me out every time, and I was just watching it like this isn't like echoes. This isn't what I would think should be here. Um, so that was just to that point because that made me mad every time it came on. But um, what's it called? Uh, I I I I agree with everything you said. I feel like at the end of this day, Marvel probably utilized this project as an attempt to push Kingpin's story forward just because we know how involved Kingpin is with so many different superheroes at this point. Um to the point where this feels like King, Kingpin's project. It feels like they needed to properly introduce him in a way um in a way where we could um push him forward and like have it not be too confusing confusing especially with hawkeye and a good way to do this was to do it through echo considering two different things one probably um obviously coming having her come off of hawkeye being in that story having her being a potential person um too um and then obviously having it not be his film knowing that he will probably be a villain in most of the projects moving forward so i feel like it's 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 more so kingpin's project than that right but they set up echo i feel like in a really good place um despite this project and that's why you were kind of saying this earlier like they did marvel kind of get good with like the ability to let this story get to a place where we could see it continuing to a certain point um whether they decide to bring echo back or not with the avengers or anything like that i know that we are in like this sort of group sort of phase as well where like like everyone seeing, has their own group, group yeah, yeah. and i know one of those groups that they were kind of hinting at was like the midnight it's just uh the know. uh i know the midnight suns yeah the midnight suns yes, you know what i'm yes. saying and honestly i feel like echo could fit that group per i don't think she is in the comments i could be wrong um but i just see like if they do decide to do something like that where we are getting like a not too grounded but grounded street level group where we can then bring Daredevil, all of these people who Kingpin is actively like messing with yeah. in these stories, that's a good way to then bring it back. That's mm -hmm. where we could then bring back Moon Knight if we need to. Spider-Man could be a part of that. So like they have the ability to do it. So I, I don't know. I feel like as much as I feel like this was more so a Kingpin project as far as setting him up for the future, they still did it right in the ability of letting her still have the the chance to continue in any sort of way phase even if it is just underneath a kingpin project um a lot of this again like you said it it didn't it didn't fully work it took me out um i can appreciate the things that they did mm. um but again i i feel like this is just setting up a bigger story for sure um, yeah I mean, that's that's kind of how I felt, too, in terms of like, even though like I talked a little bit about like how I appreciated some of those throwback sort of ways that they framed these ancestors. Mm -hmm. It's not entire. I mean, it's necessary for the story that, of they course, told, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like maybe that's not the story I wanted and or the story you wanted. And I, I do agree with you, uh, <clears throat> which I think it it. It leads into the speculation, which as fans we can get excited about. But now it's like we're getting to a point where it's like, why is all of our excitement becoming speculation? Yeah. And that's what worries me because I agree with you. And, and it gets set up in the post credit scene where Wilson Fisk 
uh, is watching on the television about how uh, there are uh, they're talking about the primaries coming up for the New York City election for the mayor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they want somebody who's brash and isn't connected to politics. And it's interesting that they're going to try to play it in a Trump ish way with that mm-hmm. um, by bringing in Wilson Fisk. But the a lot of people have been saying uh, because there have been speculation for years. You've probably seen this because I know we both like to read our theories and our, our rumors. Oh yeah. But uh, that uh, Stark Tower was, or Avengers Tower was sold, yeah. and it was bought by Fisk, and that's what I think they're going to eventually get to, and and that's where maybe he'll he'll be his penthouse when he's the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, but setting him up as the Thanos level threat of the streets yeah. would be beneficial, and yeah. it would be good. And yeah. I don't know if. Again, you. this is the first show we get an indication of Marvel Spotlight, mm-hmm. which is a whole different banner now of Marvel, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that they need to be able to separate, but they have to also be able to bring in these types of characters. I do think Daredevil being a part of that would be important. Mm-hmm. I do think that the Punisher being a part of that would be important. Mm-hmm. If you decide to bring Luke Cage back, which no offense to Mike Coulter, I think he's great in the role. Where's he been? Mm-hmm. So like realistically, like he probably needs Luke Cage. And Luke Cage is a great comic book character. Bring him back. Mm-hmm. You could do Spider-Man. The thing I am hopeful and I, I really want them to include Spider-Man within that because I think his interactions with with uh, with Daredevil, like we saw a little bit in, uh, in No Way Home, was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. The thing that worries me about that is like I don't know contractually how they could do that. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know how much time they have left with Holland mm-hmm. as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. So maybe you start to introduce Miles. And but again, it's cool. it's still Sony's property. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. But I do agree with you. We're we're setting up something else and we're setting up a different sector of the MCU or, or Marvel in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing. And to, I'm gonna cut yes, you off. no, you're good to that point. Um I do think that then the the point in which um when you said uh they're setting um Kingpin to be up like to be like this uh Thanos for the street level sort of world um that I feel like then going back to your point as far as how the hell is this guy like taking all these beatings and still here I think that they might not fully they still need to explain it I think that they need a clear explanation but if they never did I feel like they can hide it in that fact that the fact that because he is like this Thanos sort of level being Thanos was like no joke for that that phase. And so then I could see them wanting to set up this human being who is strictly a human being. But you're just like, damn, this this guy is just like, how is he able like he's powerful? Yeah, yeah. he's powerful in that. Right. Then I could see them going under. I could understand better why they're doing all these things just to show that like, no, this guy is like like Thanos, but like down here like you said and so like i don't know i just felt like when i heard that if i thought back to your other point i was like oh okay like i could kind of see that then um if they are setting him up to be like a thanos sort of level threat yeah um and that would be sick if yeah they did. i feel like that would be a cool world to experience we need to sit down with feige yeah we do <laughs> feige, come on the podcast right. we need to know i i wish i wish there was something out there currently where he did an interview where like but I, he'll never do this but i wish they could just be like hey could we ask you like 20 straight minutes worth of questions even 20 minutes Mm -hmm. where like he has to be completely open it's like hey the celestial stick it out of the fucking ground dude what's up with that Mm -hmm. can you give us anything on that he probably can't that's why he'll never do that that's the other part of it that's scary it's like i feel like he used to have answers to questions and now nobody has answers yeah so i don't know um 
I don't know how much more we can talk about this. I feel like we should wrap up our thoughts in general. Mm-hmm. Um, this show, in my opinion, was something that uh, there were moments that were very refreshing and were different in terms of what we've seen and we've become accustomed to with Marvel, yeah. which I do appreciate. Um, there, uh, Like I said, there, uh, there are standout performances in my mind in terms of the human element of it. Uh, I like I said, I Vincent D'Onofrio to me just eats up like scenery when he's in a scene yeah. and he has completely embodied Wilson Fisk. And I agree with you. Um, I, I wouldn't 100 percent say it's Kingpin show, but I know where you're going with what you're saying. Yeah, but I do feel like it's basically like two people like sharing the spotlight yeah. with him and Echo. Mm-hmm. So uh, to that regard, I think he's great in the show. I really like a lot of the native actors that they brought in for this show. Um, really quickly, uh, Andrew Howard, who plays Zane, the really weird villain in this was laughable. It was really fucking (laughs) bad, like really bad to the fact where that felt like it was so like, you're talking about like henchman characters just being like way too much. That guy is in that category for me. Oh, yeah. So that was a standout, and you never want to be a standout in a bad way, but sorry, guy. That that was you for me. <laughs> um, and I thought Alakwa Cox, I mean, she was never an actor mm-hmm. before Hawkeye. Oh, really? And she is able to evoke uh, a good amount of emotion in terms of her being uh, deaf and being able to sign. She's getting better, and I do think that there are specific character moments in this uh, in in particular, like the scenes she had with D'Onofrio, as well as the scenes that she had with Tantu Cardinal, um, where it's obvious that she's she's learning and she's she's adapting to uh, becoming a full time actor. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was intriguing. That was interesting. There were moments that were grounded that I enjoyed. Uh, the TVMA just felt like they stamped that on there just to do it. Um, my overall score is lower than I originally had it at after this conversation and thinking about it a little more. Uh, <laughs> I am going to go with a six for Echo. Six out of ten. Okay. So that's where I'm at in terms of my six score. Out of ten. Okay. I'd love to hear your final thoughts and your score. My final thoughts. Um, Echo Echo was uh, an okay watch. Um, again, I also appreciated um, – just the representation, um, you know, the past couple of years, Marvel has just been like really, really strong on representation. Um, and I appreciate that, um, that they are taking the time with each project to kind of um, showcase um, all of just like, just how diverse um, the world can really be. Um, what's it called? I, I worry that sometimes they focus a little bit too much on that regard and not connecting it to the story and so that's where you then will have like a project like loki where ties into like everything going on um and then it's just like a random sort of project not that this was random um but it's just not necessarily connected to what we've seen or or right away connected let me say um and so i just hope that marvel doesn't kind of get too comfortable with that but it's it's always good obviously representation is always good and it's needed um so i love that that regard um i loved uh you know i i really love how do you say her name elaine how do you say her cox which character who played echo elaine Uh, i really liked alakwa cox um i i feel like uh she is probably i think that she will um be a uh 
uh, someone to watch in the industry moving forward. I think that her herself being deaf um, and doing this and like kind of being able to showcase not only, you know, like the, the native culture, but also um, having a deaf hero, you know, like that's, I think, obviously really good um and so two uh, now in yeah. marvel too two with makari and eternals mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh that's right yeah 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 mm -hmm. and so um you know i i think she's really good um and then this the, the rest of the supporting cast i feel like everyone did vincent obviously will always be amazing in this role um again i just wish that with this project we got a little bit more you know i knew that i know that and the, the thing that upsets me is i know they could they could have give a little bit more um <laughs> I don't know if it's because they're holding out on things. And if that's the case, then Marvel give it to me quicker. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to a point. <laughs> right? We are. We are. Um, but again, I appreciated, I appreciated this watch. Um, it, it, it wasn't um, story-wise. Story the story, I think, was there um, to a degree. Um, you know? um, and I think that the areas where it wasn't there, that's what is really affecting my final score with this. Um, but at the end of it, I think I would give it probably a five out of 10. Okay. Yeah. It's a little lower than me. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, that's Echo. That's Echo. Guys, it's the definition of meh. No, just... <laughs> no Echo, Echo, like I said, it's a show that it it might not tick all the boxes for us, but you know, there there is importance in representation like Michael had talked about. And uh I'm interested and intrigued to see what they do going forward. Now, I'm not excited necessarily, like I used to be with certain Marvel things where I would come out being like, I need more now, and I would want to watch videos immediately on YouTube and find out all the Easter eggs. Like to me, like you said, it's it's very it's middle of the road. Middle so this is we're hoping for more in 2024. We got Deadpool three coming. That needs to be like I have such high expectations for Deadpool three that if they're not met, I think that that might be the end. Yeah, and I agree. End. I think yeah. if Deadpool three doesn't hit the right way, mm -hmm. then I think Marvel is like officially one thousand percent in legitimate trouble. Yeah, because yeah. you're not going to be able to get anything back with yeah. that. I'll still watch things, but at that point, I'm like checked out of the universe. Out. And I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, but guys, that was our review and analysis and discussion on the first season of Echo. Not sure if it's going to get a second or what they're going to do. They get it as a miniseries. Um, it started Lockwa Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, Graham Greene, Tantu Cardinal, Devery Jacobs, uh, Chasky Spencer. A lot of great uh, indigenous actors as well. Um, let us know in the comments if you guys checked out Echo, if you guys were a fan of it more than we were. Uh, did you guys feel similar and you um, think similarly in terms of your takeaways of the series? Um, let us know in the comments. We'd love to have conversations with you guys. Uh, be sure to give this video a like. And if you guys can subscribe to us, we are the Culture Wave Media Network. You guys can hit that bell for alerts every time we have new videos. You guys can also follow us at Cinema Wave Media. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on Threads. We're on Facebook. We're also at underscore Culture Wave Media and at Jersey's Finest Pod for other podcasts. The Journey's Jersey's Finest Podcast on Instagram as well. Just signing off. I am Darian Scalamoni. And I'm Mikey Peniston. 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 <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>